we will not be able to go forward. We have to have these strongholds taken care of. And when we had the, uh, the example, and we'll get here in a second with the uh, children of Israel, when they ca- crossed over Jordan, they were going into the land of, of plenty, yes, but they had to go to war. They had to take care of the strongholds that were in the midst of that land, and they couldn't go by them. They had to take care of each and every one of them. And so that's what we want to look at here this evening. Uh, you're in Joshua chapter 6, but I want to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, where it says, Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. But when you go back up to verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. See, God wants us to follow the plan that he has in his word. And we're going to look at that plan here tonight of of four simple steps that God gave the children of Israel to bring down that fortress of Jericho, but how we can use the same plan to bring down strongholds in our lives, to bring down the strongholds that's in Berlin. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into the message here tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this, this evening and the time to be around your word. We do ask, Heavenly Father, that you will speak to us mightily, and that, Heavenly Father, we will heed what you have to say through your counsel of your word, and that, Heavenly Father, we apply what you say so that we can be victorious in bringing down strongholds that Satan wants to trip us up with. Thank you for this, these people. We thank you for the evening that you have blessed us with. We just ask that you will get all the honor and the glory to what is said tonight in your son's name. Amen. So we're looking here in Joshua chapter 6. Like I said, very familiar story. A lot of times you hear it in, in, in Sunday school. Um, but it is so rich with information here about uh, um, what God wants us to learn from these different principles. We don't want to just skip over them. And a lot of times when we do our Bible reading in the morning, I think sometimes we read it so quickly that we miss out on the little things that God wants us to learn. Take your time when you're reading God's Word. Let God speak to you when you're reading God's Word. And so that when we see these different uh, uh, little nuggets that God has for us, that we will apply them to our lives. And so here in, in, in uh, Joshua chapter 6, we know that they're coming to the walls of Jericho. Now Jericho, let me give you a little insight of what the walls were like. The walls were, were built, first of all, on, a, on an earthen incline. And on top of that incline, there was a, a stone wall that stood about 12 to 15 feet high. So now you not only have the, the earthen rampart, but then you have the stone wall on top of that. But then it continues upward with another rampart, with another wall that's on top of that, that's a, a additional, that was six feet thick, that was, but it's additional 20 to 26 feet high. So you can, you can imagine a wall city that's probably about like a four-story to a ten-story tall building. That is a massive wall city. Jericho never lost a battle. They were undefeated. Why? They didn't have to worry about leaving the walls. No army could go through it. And this is what God told them to do to come to when they came to Jericho. Now, you have to remember, I have a military background. Being in the United States Air Force, now, of course, I didn't uh, uh, have the Army or the, or the Marines tactics, 
But being in the Air Force, I, I still fought in Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and we have to take care of strongholds that are in our path. We just can't go around them and, and say that, okay, we went uh, by them, but they're not really a factor to us. See, that's a falsehood. When you go around a fort, when you go around a stronghold, they're still uh, uh, um, taking, or they can be an irritant to your supply line. They can be an irritant to your communications. You just can't let them sit there. You have to take care of them. And that's what the children of Israel had to do with Jericho. They had to take care of this stronghold before they moved on. And it's the same thing in our lives. When we have strongholds in our lives, we just can't go around them and say, okay, uh, we're just going to put our head in the sand and think everything's good now. No, we have to take care of these strongholds. We have to uh, face them and, 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 and bring them down the way God wants us to bring them down. Because if we try to do it on our own uh, uh, strength, then we're going to be defeated. See, the children of Israel decided to try to, to take down Jericho their own way. They would not have defeated Jericho. They had to do it God's way. And God's still saying that to us tonight, that when we have strongholds in our lives, we need to do it to bring down those, those walls His way so that there will be victories and bring glory to Him. So let's take a look here. Uh, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to read uh, uh, part of here of Joshua chapter 6. And it says here, <clears throat> starting in verse 1, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, ye, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus uh, shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall send up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Ark of the Lord. Now go down to verse 11. So the Ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priest going on and blowing with the trumpets. Now, before we read on here, there's something else that the Lord showed me when we read this verse. Where is the presence of the Lord? When you have the forward of the uh, armed men and you have the rearward of the armed men, where's the Lord? He's in the middle. And so when we go to battle, we have to make sure that the Lord is in the middle when he takes on. We can't uh, uh, go out and just charge and, and do it without the Lord. The Lord has to be in the middle of all this. He has to be our guiding factor. He has to be our commander-in-chief. We just can't go it on our own. And that's what the, a picture of here is. But going back now to verse 14. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass that the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, 
For the Lord hath given you the city. Now go down to verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew with their trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, of ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. So we see here the battle plan that God has given us to take care of strongholds. When we go to Berlin, we're going to apply this battle plan. When you have strongholds in your lives, apply this battle plan. God is no respecter of persons. God had the children of Israel with victory. He wants us to have victories. He wants us to be victorious over these uh, 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 strongholds. We apply this plan, we will see victories. We don't apply the plan, we will see defeat. It's up to you. But let's take a look at this, at this plan. We see here that uh, to bring down the stronghold, when you have an unsolvable problem, when you have something that looks so big, Berlin, three and a half million people without a gospel light, that is a big task. That is a huge task. Your stronghold, I don't know what it is, but it could be very, very big in your eyes. And God's saying, let me take care of this. Let me show you how to do this. But we must realize that we cannot do it our own. It has to be from God. So number one, how to take care of strongholds. You need to encircle the problem with prayer. Encircle the problem with prayer. What did Joshua do before he gave the battle plan to the children of Israel? He went before the Lord. He went before the Lord and the Lord gave him the plan. He says, this is what I want you to do. You need to do this, then do this, then do this. He went before God. He got on his knees. And we see that throughout the Bible here, that when there are problems that need to be taken care of, we see that the, the God's people go before him in prayer. And in Genesis chapter 24, we see Abraham's servant praying for a bride for Isaac. In Exodus 14, we see the Israelites praying for deliverance at the Red Sea. In 2 Kings chapter 19, we see Hezekiah uh, facing the, the invasion of Assyria. And then this morning we read in Acts chapter 12, where the church was pr- praying for the deliverance of Peter. How do you take care of strongholds? You need to start by getting on our faces. Pray to God that he'll give you the battle plan. That he'll show you what he wants you to do. That has to be first and foremost. Don't try to charge into you by yourself. But get the plan from him. Let him show you what he wants you to do. So that you will get the victory. Go ahead and we'll show you an example here of this kind of prayer. Go to I'm sorry, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I want you to see what, what we need to go here when we go before the Lord. What I'm saying about praying, uh, you hear a lot of times uh, with um, uh, little kids praying for uh, a new bicycle or, or people praying for uh, a, a certain type of car. That's not the kind of prayer we're talking about. We're talking about prayer that is humble. We're talking about a prayer that is, is uh, uh, bringing glory to God, that his will gets accomplished. That's the kind of prayer that we need to have. 
And look here in Luke chapter 11, and we'll show you an example of that, starting in verse number 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive every one that indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine is in journey, is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, that's persistence. Keep that that word in mind. He will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock. And it shall be open unto you, for every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. We see here our Lord delights in hearing prayers from his children. He delights to hear prayers that are heartfelt. He delights to hear prayers from a humble heart. He likes to hear prayers where his will is in the forefront. That's the kind of prayers that we need to have. But it says here also in Luke chapter 11 that we need to have prayers that are persistent. Don't quit. Don't stop. It don't matter how... That's not very good English. It doesn't matter that the, 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 the strongholds are so big. You don't stop praying. We have a, a, a gentleman. He, he used to be the uh, pastor of the Bible Baptist Church in East Grand Forks, now in Grand Forks. Uh, he's now a member of our church. His name is Gordon Silcox. And, and he prayed for 50 years for his sister's salvation. His sister was a staunch Lutheran, and he prayed and prayed and prayed for 50 years. She got saved. She got saved before she went home to the Lord. She got saved because of persistence in praying. He was praying for the will of God to be accomplished in her life. To bring down that stronghold that his sister was having in the face of him. And he never stopped praying for her. We need to have that persistence. Go into a couple chapters over in Luke chapter 18. Let me give you another example here. In Luke chapter 18, look here in verse 1. And it says, And he spake a parable unto this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. 
And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. We need to be at his throne every day. Pray for that family member. Pray for your family. Pray for the, 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 the situation at work or the finances. But pray with a humble heart in persistence. Don't stop. Don't quit. Continually bringing a single-mindedness, a, a wanting only that God can truly take care of. But bring it to His throne. Don't go down to the, the local counselor or the, the psychiatrist or what. Go to God. Let God show you through His Word. Because it says in the Word of God that everything that, that uh, has for life, all the answers for life are in this book. He wants us to get into His book. He wants us to read in His book to find those answers. Get on your face and pray to God. Prevailing prayer will be answered. But I don't know if I can ever reach my family. Here's what you do, just like Brother Silcox. What we're, going to, what we're doing it with, for the city of Berlin. We're asking every church of like mind and faith, pray for the people of Berlin. Like I said this morning, that the hard hearts would be softened So when the gospel is presented, it will find good ground. It's going to take prayer from God's people to have that accomplished. That's why we're asking everyone, please pray for the people so that his gospel will find that good ground. It's the same with us when you have that stronghold of that family member. But they won't listen to me. You pray to God and trust God. God will bring down the strongholds. But you have to trust him. And we're going to continue on here and looking at other aspects of what we need to have to bring down these strongholds. But first and foremost, we need to encircle the problem with prayer. Secondly, you need to circle the problem with praise. Circle the problem with praise. Uh, what, did the, uh, uh, what did Joshua say when he got the battle plan from God? What did he tell the children of Israel on that seventh day? When you've gone around the city seven times and you hear the ram's horn, the trumpets, what do you tell them to do? You tell them to shout, to shout with all of their might for the glory of God. And the walls would come down. See, people know. See, I come from a very small town. Okay? New York City is like incredible to me. <laughs> I come from a town of about 1,000 people, 1,200 people total. There's no traffic light in our town. There's a couple stop signs. That's it. Okay? That's all we have in our town. But everybody knows your business. Everybody knows what you're going through. They're not even related to you, but they know what you are going through. And when you have the attitude, when you have a stronghold before you, that something is just burdening, burdening your heart, if you're singing praises to God... That brings questions to people around you. When you're going around and, and they know what you're going through, and they know that you're going through a tough time, but you're praising God, that makes them step back a little bit. Say, what's going on with you? Aren't you going through this difficult? Well, yeah, but praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. I'm still alive. Praise the Lord that he's showing me the path I need to take. Praise the Lord. He's going to take care of this situation. It speaks to people's hearts. You know what else it does? Satan cannot be around when there's praising God going on. It can't happen. He won't be there. And so when you're going through that difficult time, praise God. And let God get the victory through that. Okay, we see this when John 3 in verse 30, we see John the Baptist saying, He must increase, but I must decrease. Believers who magnify the Lord are not only doing God's will, but they are, 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 are taking off a lot of grief off of their own bodies. But those who think that they can take on by themselves or do things by themselves, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 it says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he stand to take heed lest he fall. Watch the pride that comes up in your life. Because you're going to fall. You need to praise God during these times. Go to the 34th Psalm. Let me show you about praise here. The 34th Psalm. And in Psalm 34, let's start here in verse 1. Psalm uh, 34, in verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. What should we be doing with praising? Continually praising God. Does it say here in verse 1, to praise Him only during the good times? No, it says continually. During the good times... And the bad times. When you have that stronghold in front of you, when you don't have the stronghold in front of you. God says, praise me continually. Look in verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. That's what we're just talking about. When you're going through the tough times and your neighbors know about it and your family members know about it. And they see you praising the Lord. It's going to have them step back and say, what's going on? And you have that opportunity to tell them about Christ. You have the opportunity to tell how God's working in your life. You have that opportunity to make a difference in their lives. Because you're continually praying or praising God. Look in verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We as a body, you're the body here in Astoria. But we have one goal in mind. To bring the gospel to the lost. Let's bring that in a a praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. When we hear that somebody gets saved, all of us are excited. Because that's the goal. Even in in Luke chapter 18, it says, when, uh, when one gets saved, the angels are rejoicing. It's a great thing. We need to praise God together. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we're a universal church. I'm not saying that. We're local churches. However, we have a goal. We have one enemy. Why are we trying to fight one another? Let's get together and say, there's people in Berlin who are dying and going to hell. We can get together and get them the gospel so that they can get saved. Praise God. And the same thing in our communities around here, in the neighborhoods around here. Let's praise God. When, they, when God is showing his face and, and, and showing us the path to bring down the strongholds. Look here also in verse 4 and 6. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. 
See, when we're praising God, God delivers us. We don't have to fear man. We don't have to fear the government. We don't have to fear the situations. Because God is there. God is directing. God is showing us the path to take. And look here in verse 7. The angel of the Lord encompassed around about them that feared him and delivered them. The angel of the Lord. We have angel protection. We have angels guiding around us. What do we have to fear? Let's praise God. Even with the biggest stronghold that we have in front of us. I don't know what it is with you. I told you that already. But I know you have a stronghold. But you have angel protection. We have nothing to fear. Let's take the battle plan and tackle and get those strongholds down. It's the same thing in Berlin. How am I going to reach 3.5 million people? I'm not going to. It's going to be God. I'm just going to follow the plan that he has. What is it right now? I don't know. God will reveal it to me at his timing. But I know that his plan, because we said it earlier today during Sunday school, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, that all come to repentance. I know that. How is he going to deliver it? We're going to find out. But we're going to be praising God. There's a song that goes like this. Does sadness fill my mind? A soul in tear I find. May Jesus Christ be praised. Or fades my earthly bliss? My comfort still is this. May Jesus Christ be praised. The night becomes this day from when the heart we say... May Jesus Christ be praised. The power of darkness fear when this sweet chant they hear. May Jesus Christ be prayed. Don't focus on the hindrance. Don't focus on the stronghold. Focus on him. Give him the praise. Give him the honor. So the second thing we need to do is encircle the problem with praise. The third thing we need to do is we need to encircle the problem with faith. Encircle the problem with faith. We have to believe that God's going to bring down the strongholds. You think about the children of Israel. They were given the battle plan from Joshua. It says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to walk around the city. Not say a thing. And then you're going to go back to your camp. And then we're going to do it again on the second day. We're going to walk around the city. You're not going to say a thing. And then you're going to go back to the camp. And you're going to do that for the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth day. And then on the seventh day, you're going to walk around it seven times. Not say a thing until you hear the ram's horn and the trumpets. And then you're going to shout and the wall is going to come down. What have you heard that battle plan? This is a very strong walled city. And all we're going to do is walk around. And then on the last day, we're going to walk around seven times and shout and the wall is going to come down. But you know what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30? The faith chapter? It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they compassed about it seven days. They believed that this was going to happen. God said it was going to happen. And they believed it. They had faith. We need to do the same thing with our strongholds. But they look so big. 
The city of Berlin is so big, so many people, and not one gospel light. We have faith that God is going to bring revival to that city. You have to have faith that your strongholds are going to come down. But they look so huge. Have faith. Have faith. Think of um, uh, those three Hebrew children. You remember them? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God told them to do certain things and not to do certain things. And when uh, they got in trouble, uh, they were cast into the fiery furnace. But they had faith that they were going to be taken care of. Were they not taken care of? They came out, it says in the Bible, not even smelling of smoke. The fire was so hot that the men tending to the fire died. And they came out not even smelling of smoke. Great faith. Great faith. And what does it say also in in Daniel chapter 3? It says that Nebuchadnezzar promoted them in the province of Babylon. He also said that their testimony forced him to recognize the God of Israel was the only God that can deliver after this sort. It took faith. The children of Israel had faith. They weren't an army. They weren't an army at all. But God said, you do this, the walls will come down. It's the same thing. He's saying the same thing tonight. February 28th, 2016. You have faith. Those walls are going to come down. You don't know my family. God knows. God says you have faith. And they will come down. We know some missionaries um, throughout the uh, the world. Uh, You probably know uh, Brother uh, Paul Morrison just north of here a little bit. Uh, also, and Scott Kuzel, he's out of uh, he, uh, Bible Baptist in Grand Forks. They're witnessing to the king of Swaziland, the king. They had uh, um, a meeting with him just this month. And you can see the, their newsletter that they, they're standing right next to the king of Swaziland. They're giving the gospel to the king. That took faith. You'll never reach the king. Oh, yeah? <laughs> God wants me to reach the king. And these two gentlemen have now witnessed to this king. There's a, another missionary family that we know, the Hollands. They were missionaries to Papua New Guinea for many, many years. They translated the King James Bible into the pidgin language of that nation, the, the, the language of that, of that uh, people group. The government of Papua New Guinea said that is going to be the official Bible of our country. Faith. Faith. It takes faith. We can have great faith in reaching people, in people groups, families, in situations. But you have to believe God. You have to believe that, that He said that this will happen. Just believe Him. But I don't, I don't see how it will happen. It doesn't matter. You believe God, and God will show you. We're going to the capital city of Germany. I believe, thoroughly believe, that we're going to have an opportunity to speak to the Chancellor of Germany and the Parliament members of Germany. I truly believe that. Why? Scott Kuzel, Paul Morrison has an an audience with the King of Swaziland. If they can have that, I believe the Lord can bring the Chancellor of Germany across our path. 
But you have to have faith. You have to have faith. You want those strongholds to come down? Believe it. God said, you follow this plan, they'll come down. You have to believe it. Or it won't happen. And then last, you need to circle the problem with perseverance. And circle the problem with perseverance. How many days did it take the children of Israel to go around that city? God told them to go around seven days. They didn't, the walls didn't come down after the first day. The walls didn't come down after the second day. And third and fourth, fifth and sixth. They came down after the seventh day and after they went around seven times. They persevered. They didn't stop. They didn't get weary. Brother Silcox prayed for 50 years. He didn't get wearied. We need to be persevering. You know what kills a lot of works? You know what stops a lot of strongholds from coming down in our personal lives? It is perseverance and faith, faithfulness are missing in our lives. That kills more works than anything else. People just give up because they don't see immediate results. What I call the fast food mentality. You have to persevere. It's going to take some time. Don't give up. Don't stop. There's a, 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 a saying that we have uh, in our school. Uh, I'm the Christian school principal of our, of our school. And we have a saying in our school that says, It is always too early to quit. It is always too early to quit. We need to apply that in our lives. Don't quit. Don't stop. Even though it's getting harder and harder and harder, don't quit. You keep going. Could you imagine if the children of Israel quit when they were at the Red Sea? Pharaoh's army is behind them. The Red Sea is in front of them. God said, go forward. But, but, but there's a sea there. God said, go forward. And what does it happen? By faith, they took that step and the sea separated. God's saying the very same thing to us tonight. It looks hard. It looks difficult. But he's telling us, go forward. Don't quit. Keep moving. Keep going. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We need to remember that, and also in in, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, where it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That word shall is very important. In air traffic control, that was my job in the military, we had the word shall. When we told the pilot, you shall do this, there was no questioning. There was nothing on the radio like, are you sure you want me to do No, no. When he heard the word shall, he immediately did that execution. And that's what God is saying to us tonight. Shall is a positive, emphatic declaration. You shall reap if you faint not. You shall reap. But Satan is the one that's behind the the scenes going and whispering into our ears and saying, no, 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 you're not going to reap. You're not going to reap this. You're not going to reap that. Don't be deceived. That's what it says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Don't be deceived. God says you shall reap. We shall reap in our giving. We shall reap in our going. We shall reap in our serving. We shall reap in our praying. 
God says we shall reap. But you can't faint. You have to keep going. You have to persevere. You have to keep going strong. Keep going forward. A lot of people will go up and say, well, God says in due season I shall reap. I want the reaping now. Well, we can't dictate to God when that season is. I don't know when the season is. I just know that God says in due season we shall reap. That's a promise from God. And we have to rely on his promises. Don't quit. Keep going. Persevere. And you'll see those strongholds come down. Brother Silcox's sister got saved 50 years. But she got saved. I don't know what your stronghold is. I know the stronghold of Berlin is very, very hard. It's very, very, very dark. But we're going to be on our knees praying for the battle plan. We're going to be praising God even when people yell in our faces. We're going to have faith that God's going to bring the revival to Berlin. And we're not going to quit. Like I told uh, that young man in Duluth when he asked me, How long are you going to be in Berlin? And I told him, For the rest of our lives. We're not going to quit by the grace of God. Our plan is to follow his plan. And there will be victory. The strongholds will come down. Strongholds will come down in your lives as well if you practice this plan. Pastor.